You are now listening to the Fat Fix Podcast with David Flowers, a show talking about all things fat loss and health for the general population. Helping people understand why they are in the position they're in right now, rather than just focusing on what they need to do. Your no-nonsense personal trainer friend that you can have access to in your pocket whenever you need some help, guidance or just to kick up the arse. Hello and welcome to the Fat Fix podcast for episode number 38. Apologies that I've not jumped on air for quite a while and released a new podcast. I've kind of been getting my head down and working with some clients that are new to the remote Fat Fix coaching and my clients that I deal with face-to-face at the gym as well. And not just that, but basically having a little bit of a break from social media and actually studying a little bit more and actually thinking of topics that I can go into more with a podcast. So apologies if you have been waiting for a new episode to come out. It's here now and I hope to release more very, very soon, quite more frequently because I'm going to keep them a lot shorter than what they have been and come up with hopefully some good topics that are going to be of interest to you. So today I'm going to speak about a pretty popular topic, something that within my career I've been asked a lot from many, many women And that is, why does my husband lose weight easily and I don't? And let's face it, you probably hate us men for this. So today I just want to go into why this is, go into some case studies to help you understand the differences between two avatars of a husband and a wife and hopefully give you some helpful takeaways. I think it's important to go into some client avatars and show you how I would set these individuals up and the constraints that I would have Um, for them both and give you roughly first and foremost an idea of the differences between setting up a diet for a man and setting up a diet for a woman and helping you understand the differences there and how it is more difficult for women because they have fewer calories to actually play with than men we have less constraints because men are typically bigger human beings and i've mentioned this before women are more important They turn calories into babies. Men turn calories into beer bellies. So trying to lose weight for women is a lot more difficult, and especially for a woman who has had a baby. It makes the task even more harder, not to mention all the environment and lifestyle factors that come into play, making life more difficult as it is anyway. So I'm going to jump into a case study first and foremost, and this will hopefully be someone like yourself listening, because most of my listeners are between the ages of 30, 40, and usually women who want to lose some weight. So we have a 38-year-old busy mum. She's about five foot four. She weighs about 165 pounds or 75 kilos. Her goal is to lose about 20 to 30 pounds. Okay, so she wants to lose a couple of stone, for example, and what I'm going to do first and foremost is work out her numbers. So I have a document that I use and there's lots of calculators that you can use to get a rough idea of this. And I work out this individual's what would her maintenance calories be, taking into consideration how much this individual moves, what her activity is like, for example. And, And that gives me a kind of a ballpark figure and then I can play with it from there. And like I said, this is all guesswork. All these numbers that you input are all guesswork. You need to actually just 
follow them, monitor them to see if they are working for you. So for example, this individual, this lady, I have worked out her calories and I usually ease on the side of caution for individuals activity because I have, I have trust issues. <laughs> and roughly speaking, this lady's estimated calories is around 2,100 to 2,200. So I'm going to give this lady a caloric deficit. So say I'm going to drop her calories by 600 or 700. Everyone seems to always go with 500, but I'm going to go a bit more aggressive for this 38 year old busy mum. He wants to lose 30 to, sorry, 25 to 30 pounds because we know someone loses weight faster for long-term adherence is better. And it just gives her the buy-in that she wants. So I'm going to go a little bit aggressive with her. Not too crazy, but about 600 to 700 I'm going to pull from her estimated maintenance, which brings her down to going to give her 1,500 calories. Okay, so this individual is on 1,500 calories. Now, I'm going to set some things in place that do not move. So these are like the bumpers for this individual and what she must consume in terms of protein and fat. Once I've kind of laid them out for her that will give us a rough idea of what we've got left to play with with the calories that i've set so with this individual and every every person that i, I work with I, I usually look at a 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight and the reason for this is obviously because i want her to build some muscle tissue or preserve muscle tissue at least because we're going to be resistance training she's working with me we're going to be lifting some some weights getting stronger so protein needs to be in a good place for that reason. I'm going to set her fat about 0.5 grams per pound of body weight. And this is because of all the hormonal implications. And I want to basically make sure she's in a, at a healthy hormonal status. So my fat doesn't go any lower than that. So they're my two bumpers that I set for, for this lady. So we've got 0.8 grams of of protein per pound of body weight. So we're going to times 0.8 by her weight, which is 165. And that gives us roughly 132 grams of protein that this lady is going to consume on a day-to-day -day basis. Protein is four calories per gram. So she will have about 528 calories from protein. And when I say protein, I'm talking lean protein. So not protein that contains fat. So things like I'm not talking about salmon, not talking about eggs or things like that. I'm talking about lean protein, like chicken, like lean chicken breast, turkey. Um, what else we got? What else we got? For, uh, white fish had a mental block there. They're the things that I would want her to have from a lean protein perspective, just so I know her calories are roughly in a good place and they don't creep over. Okay, so now we've worked out protein. Now I'm going to go with 0.45 um, grams of fat. That's what I wanted to have per pound of body weight. So we're going to go 0.45 times that by 165, her body weight. That gives us 75 grams of fat. Now, fat is nine calories per gram. So she will have 675 calories from fat. Now, these are things like oils or so olive oil, coconut oil, um, butter, avocado even, things like that. So foods that contain predominantly fat. Now this doesn't leave us now much to play with. So what is left over for this, for this lady with her 1,500 calories? Now we've worked out she needs 
she's going to have 528 grams uh, calories, should I say, coming from protein. And she's going to have 675 calories coming from fat. What's left over? It leaves us with 297 calories coming from carbohydrates. So this is looking at roughly 75 grams of carbs. And carbs are also four calories per gram. So you might just want to make a note of these things. Listen back again, write them down, just to give you an idea. Now, this is not a disaster because carbs are the least essential macronutrient, but it is, it is not a lot. But, and people like carbs, don't they? Especially carbs and fat combined. That's usually what most people like, the delicious food. But to give you some context into what 75 grams of carbs looks like in food, and bear in mind that I want to obviously get this individual to eat a fruits and vegetables. This looks like two apples and like 400 grams of non-starchy veggies. That's like, which is pretty shit, right? <laughs> but this is all we're left with because I've, like I said, I've put a bumpers in place. I've put a protein at where I want it, minimum. Same with the fats. And this is what she's got left from the the calories that I've set her on to get her the fat loss that she wants. Now, this is a low carb diet because of the constraints. It's not by choice. It's not because I'm being a dick. It's not because I'm, I'm, I'm just being harsh on her and taking all these tasty things away from her. It's because of the constraints that I put in place and me taking in consideration the goal that she wants to achieve. She wants to achieve quite a lot of weight loss. But she also wants to drink a glass of wine tonight. And she says that to me. She's like, David, I want a glass of wine tonight. I know what your glasses of wine are like, girls. It's going to take the calories take the calories up a bit, which is not the end of the world. But in hindsight, you don't want to keep having days where you keep going over your calories, for example, by having things like this in, in play. So it doesn't give her much flexibility if she actually does want successful fat loss on this, on this phase of uh, dieting that I've given her. Not to mention that this lady's not going to be able to pick up foods that her kids are eating. That's out of the window. She just doesn't have that much flexibility. So you need to ask yourself, will this be easy to stick to? Probably not. Because... There is research showing that dietary adherence is an issue for very low carbohydrate diets of around 50 grams a day. So it's, and it seems more unrealistic in, the in this current population and the environment that we're in. However, a low carbohydrate diet around 130 grams a day appears to be more achievable. So if this, this lady, let's cut, let's, I like to use names, me. If you follow me on social media, you know how much I love to use names. So I'm going to call her Sharon. Sharon's got 75 grams of carbs to play with. So it's a little higher than the 50 grams, the very low carb, which is, which is quite low. And that, you know, it's not quite keto, but it's probably on the high end. It appears to be more achievable if she was to have more carbohydrates in the diet from a long-term adherence perspective. But this is what we've got to essentially do at this moment in time to elicit fat loss for her. Go quite aggressive with her. That's what she wants. 
And I like to use a dartboard analogy with this. Sharon is going to have to hit bullseye every single shot, every single day, if she wants to be successful with this phase of dieting. Now, combine that, trying to shoot at a dartboard and get bullseye every time, with the environment that she's in, a lifestyle, it makes life even harder. So she would have to be really consistent day in and day out. Is this impossible? No, it's not. It's not impossible. It can be done. Is it hard? Yes. Short term, it might be fine. But what about long term? You've got to think of our subconscious. It's going to start causing havoc. An evolution rate we're programmed and designed to hunt for calories. All of a sudden now, we find ourselves in a world full of calories. So we still got that brain that wants calories from hundreds, thousands of years ago. Now we've been dumped in current society. No wonder people are gaining weight. It's inevitable because as human beings, we want to survive. We have survival instincts and survival is food. And we want to have body fat on our bodies because we don't know when the next famine's going to come, essentially. So it's not impossible, but it's bloody hard. And most women in our society, especially women like Sharon, you know, she only wants to lose about 25 pounds, 30 pounds. She's not a big lady. She's not a woman who is essentially 250 pounds, 300 pounds. Because that's totally different. Because those individuals will lose weight very, very fast just by changing the quality of their nutrition. And again, they have more room to play with anyway because they're a bigger human being, just like the male is a bigger human being in most cases. Your husband's bigger than you, most likely, your boyfriend. If he's not, time to go to the gym. Saying that, Claudia is more hench than me. So oh, I just thought about that. It made me feel pretty shit, to be honest. <laughs> anyway. Where was I? Um, so it's going to be difficult. Of course, it's going to be difficult. And I do feel sorry for most women. I would genuinely be, genuinely be honest, especially women like Shara, busy mum, and she wants to lose weight. What she's got to do to get there is bloody difficult. And I understand it. So, and some women need to go even lower in food, by the way, but smaller women. I've had women that I've trained who are about 110 pounds and they, they want to lose some body fat. We've got to, they've got to diet pretty hard. And they're shocked at the amount of calories that they probably need to go into to actually get the job done. But it's about being smart with it. And this is why it's, some, it's like an art in essence. It's keeping them there for the right amount of time, waiting for these things, or just stopping things before they fall off the edge of the cliff or they, you know, they get the pushback, all these physiological things that happen through dieting, which is crazy. The body's fascinating. Like I said, the body wants to, to gain as much body fat, or have as much body fat as possible. And even things like building muscle, it comes at a very high energy cost. The body doesn't want to do that. It doesn't want to be lean and doesn't want to hold a lot of muscle tissue. It wants to hold body fat. So it's crazy what some people have to do if they actually have to get the results that they want. And then it's the, the skill to teaching them how to stay there or roughly stay there roundabout by understanding how much food they need to have and things like that. So now you know the reality and the extent that some of you may need to go to actually drop 
qualify. The question is, how do we do it? And I'll touch on this a little bit later, but first I want to go into the bloke. I want to go into your husband and we're going to call him Bob. So we've got Bob and Sharon. Bob, similar age, 38 years old, five foot 10. He weighs 210 pounds, which is roughly 95 kilograms. His goal is fat loss. Same thing. He wants to lose about 25 pounds to 30 pounds. I will put him roughly in the same deficit as Sharon from his estimated maintenance calories. Again, don't forget he's a bigger human being, so his maintenance calories are going to be higher than Sharon's. I'm going to give him the same deficit, roughly 600, 700 calories, whatever, and it leaves us with around 2,200 calories for Bob. I'm going to put the same constraints in place, so he's going to have 0.8 grams per pound of protein and 0.45 grams per pound of fat in his diet. So how this works out, we've got, so again, let's look at the maths on this. Again, very briefly, I hate maths, I'm shit at maths, but I just want to run over it so you understand the numbers a little bit. So we're going to go 0.8 times 210 is weight. That gives us 167 grams of protein. And again, four calories per gram pro protein. So that's around 672 calories from protein. And we're going to go 0.5 times his body weight for the fat. And that gives him 95 grams of fat. Nine calories per gram fat. So it's the highest per gram macronutrient. That gives us 855 calories from fat. So what's left over? We have left over 673 calories left over from carbs. And they're also four calories per gram, just like the protein. So that's roughly 160. 68 grams of fat, sorry, of carbs. So he's got roughly 168 grams of carbohydrates to play with. So not bad. More food, right? A lot more food than what Sharon's got. This guy could probably have a glass of wine. And if he wants to have some of the kids' leftover dinner, he probably could too, without it being such a problem. Now, this guy still has a crazy disastrous environment like most people, stressful job, things like that. It's still difficult for him. I'm not taking it away from us blokes. I'm going to give us some credit. It's still difficult for, for Bob to, to lose weight in his environment and his stress that he has. And like I said, all the factors that can make people gain body fat, it's crazy. There's so many factors. It's so complex to why people gain body fat. So I'm not making it sound like it's too easy for Bob, but it's, it is a lot easier than what it is for Sharon. So let's use the analogy of a dartboard again. Sharon needs to hit bullseye, but Bob doesn't need to hit bullseye every day. He could probably hit the inner circle of the dartboard and still lose fat. He has a little bit more wiggle room. Well, he has a lot more wiggle room. Let's face it, he does. And for most men, just changing up the quality of their diet and they start lifting weights, crazy things start to happen. They get great results. It's because, they, like I said, they're bigger human beings. So when I spoke to some men and we've kind of worked out their maintenance and I've said to them, yeah, your maintenance is about 3,000 calories, mate. They're like, what? Because that sounds crazy, right? When it comes down to calories and a number. But in essence, they can smash smash pints and <laughs> smash things that can easily take their numbers way and above and beyond that 3,000, not to mention if they're highly sedentary as well. However, when I change that, for instance, 
3,000 calories and put it into better quality food, that's a shit loads of food. So they don't end up eating that much because they can't because the food volume's so high. And I'll touch upon that soon. But they automatically then drop the calories because they can't eat that much food volume because it's better quality. It's less energy dense. So, Bob, so like I say, just probably needs to change the quality of his diet and he'll probably get a result. But for his wife, for Sharon, it's not that simple. And her deficit can be blown so easily. Like I said, that 600, 700 calorie deficit that we've put her in can be blown so easily. Have a few slices of pizza, a glass, two, two glasses of wine, that daily deficit is potentially gone. She's at maintenance even. Maybe you go into a surplus of calories. And a big few meals out over the weekend and another few drinks can offset the week's deficit for Sharon. She steps back on the scale again. She's feeling disheartened. But Bob's having a field day because he's losing weight and Sharon's losing her mind. And it's just about understanding these things rather than getting frustrated. And I think people need this education to understand it a little bit more and actually look into the differences for for Sharon and Bob. Are you Sharon and Bob? Are you the one who's getting wound up over this stuff and wants to bottle Bob over the head with a, a wine bottle because he's a smug bastard that he's losing weight and kind of still enjoying his life, but you're losing your shit. But hopefully that gives some context to it a little bit more. But now for me, it's like, and how I look at this and I'm looking at Sharon now, I've got this client in my head, I need to know and help her understand what, what it takes to get to where she wants to be. And it can be done and it needs to be done. But what can we do to help that process? Because we don't want someone living a life where they feel like they are stepping on eggshells, going over the calories, because let's face it, it is quite low for her. It's very hard to sustain that for a long period of time that is. But what can I do as a trainer? And what can I do now as a podcaster to actually help my listeners who, who is a Sharon to succeed? Not just short-term, but long-term. Now you know what you're probably gonna need to do. And like I said, it sucks. So here's some takeaways and some approaches that I might take with Sharon. First and foremost, I'll probably tell her, don't eat the same portions as Bob. And this is, again, this is what happens. Two couples will go on a diet. They'll, they'll be eating better quality food, for sure. They'll be looking more into what quality they're eating food-wise. But Bob serves Sharon the same portion as him. And so just look at that for a start is portion control for the, individual, for the individuals. You're a smaller human being than Big Bob. Big Bob can smash many more calories than you can. So just understand that first and foremost. Periodization of Sharon's nutrition. So she's only got 1,500 calories to play with. So what I might do, what I might do with Sharon is put her in a deficit. So that what I've created for her from when I went over the case study, which I might just keep her there for a few weeks. And then when it starts getting tough, I might give her more food and put her up to maintenance calories. So I might pump them calories back up and give her, give her them extra 500 calories or 600 calories to put her to maintenance calories. Again, 
and I could do this with foods that like a carbohydrates like we spoke about before and if I, I could maybe bump them up to the 130 mark because we know dietary adherence can be better if somebody is maybe eating a lower carbohydrate diet but not a very low like she would potentially need to do because like I said the bumpers are not being moved protein and fats so I would look at windows of doing that and, and periodization of a nutrition two weeks in a deficit two weeks at a maintenance two weeks at a deficit whilst having this conversation with her how are you getting on how are you feeling is it is it hard is it difficult how's your energy levels feeling all these things i would ask them questions and if she's coming back telling me she feels good she feels good motivation's high she's doing it she's smashing it then i might do it for another week and then she starts to tell me david pop this is a little bit tough i'm gonna punch bob in the face my mood's literally horrendous help me then i might say all right sharon I'm going to give you, I'm going to put you to maintenance for a week and then we're going to see how you feel. But you're not going to lose any weight this week. But that's not the goal. And maintenance is a good thing. And I've said it in millions of podcasts. Maintenance is, is just as rewarding as weight loss, for, in my opinion. Because to me, people have never, may have never been that weight. Sharon might have never lost 25, 30 pounds. So to her to lose weight and then keep it off when she's had a history of yo-yo diet, dieting and yo-yo-yo-yo-yoing up and down in a weight. It's very successful that she's maintained the weight loss. Also, what I could do is maybe restrict some feeding windows. So I might run some form of a, an intermittent fasting protocol on this amount of calories and actually condense her eating windows and put most of her calories later in the day, simply because that's when I found most people most people eat appetite increases for most people then and why is that and what you might find is in the day you're okay because you're at work you're busy your mind's occupied you're having some coffee it's an appetite suppressor you're on the go you're busy so you're not kind of hunting for food because you're doing your job but when you get back home you sit down emotions take over you're stressed you're bored anything what do you do? Uncomfortable feeling. We want to get rid of that uncomfortable feeling. So what do we do? We go to food usually. So this is a, what I might do for Sharon. I might put most of her food later in the day. So I might give her one big, big meal with these numbers later in the evening to offset that from happening, to give her enough satiety. She's feeling full. So within the day, I pull the calories lower. She might not eat till 12 o'clock. We might run with that fasting protocol if she's happy to do so. She might be like, yeah, I'm too busy in the morning anyway. I'm busy with the kids, getting the kids ready. And I've got to rush off to work or I'm answering emails. So yeah, I'm not asked. I can easily skip breakfast. So I just condense her eating window. And as a byproduct of that, just by skipping breakfast, probably could have pulled the calories down by maybe two, 300 calories just by doing that. And the last one that I would focus on is a big one is food volume. And I'm going to probably do a podcast in itself on this because it's so important. But I'll put a massive emphasis into food volume with her. I would basically look at giving her more food for less calories. And this is going back to when I mentioned about individuals like, like Bob, who might have a really high maintenance calories because they're a big guy. And I just swap that with food quality. They can't eat that many calories because it's so much food volume for them. So if we look at foods like potatoes and things like that, they're tremendously high food volume for not very 
many calories. And it's so important to look at it this way. So my, so Sharon's only got 1,500 calories to spend. She's not got much spending money. And I use it like that analogy of spending money. But how does she spend it? She needs to spend it wisely on foods that are going to provide her with satiety through periods of dieting. She, the last thing Sharon needs is foods that's highly palatable and very calorie dense that are going to wipe out her calories very fast where she's got no calories to play with for the rest of the day. It's like going on a night out and you go out on a night out and you go out on the piss. Done it loads of times when you buy around first and foremost and you think you're Billy Big Bollocks and you go to a bar and you, and you buy the first round for all your mates in, the, in an expensive bar and you're like, fuck, you know, I was only supposed to spend 100 quid and I've just blew it. And I've just spent 60 quid on a round and I've got 40 quid to last me for the rest of the night and it's seven o'clock. How the fuck am I going to do that? And it's the same thing with this. She needs to spend the calories wisely. So I'm going to emphasize food volume, give her foods like strawberries that have lots of volume for a lot lower calories and, and really go into that. So I will go more into a podcast on that for sure, but that's what I would look at. So if you are interested in that, just look at the volumetrics of food start looking at food palatability and things like that. Cause the last thing you want to do is spend all your calories on something that don't give you much return on investment, like a croissant, like a croissant's the most calorie dense, highly palatable food that you can probably get. It is the most palatable food. See people going narrow in the mornings where near where I work and they're buying a croissant and it's like, that's 450 calories pretty much in one of them shitty croissants. And I don't know about you, but when you've had a croissant, you want another croissant. And they give you no satiety whatsoever. Imagine wasting 450 calories when you've only got 1,500 to play with. That's proper shit. I, I would not want to do that. So food volume is vital. When, when I give people more food for less calories, it's magic. Because not only they lose weight, they're feeling full as well. And that's overcoming a big thing, which is hunger and appetite. If we can control that, things go a lot smoother. And lastly, ask yourself, is it the right time to even attempt this? Is it the right time to even attempt this diet? Have you got barbecues coming up every weekend for the next four weeks? Probably not. It's probably not the best idea to do this. Is what? It's 100% not. So if someone come to me, Sharon come to me and said, I want to do this, I want to do that. And I worked out calories and she was like, yeah, I've got four barbecues next week, week after week, after week after I'd tell Sharon, let's not focus on fat loss right now. Let's just focus on building some habits, get your training, get your lifting weights, get you exercising more, start putting the foundational habits in place. Because when we do come to the fat loss diet, it'll be a lot easier for you to do. So that's probably the last most important one I want to end this with. And this is the, this is the art in it all and everyone's different. And I can't say on a podcast and make it very specific to one person. So I want you to use these podcasts to give you the autonomy to be able to do things yourself to some degree. I don't, you know, I don't want to give you the answers and I'm hoping it allows you to self-identify your goals, self-identify your problems and the barriers and ultimately how you get around them. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I have really missed doing them, so I will definitely be back soon. I hope you're all doing very well, and hopefully you're all back in work to some degree through this crazy time. 
and I will see you soon for the next episode of the Fat Fix podcast. Take care.